the midterms less than two weeks away, Republicans appear to be surging with a strong closing message from candidates who have gone from underdogs to stars of the Republican Party. All right, do you feel better now that Saturday Night Live is on board with this red wave? Everyone agrees. <laughs> is it more Is it more real now? Because, listen, I can watch Fox News all day long, or I can listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri all day long. Hey, it is. We're back to we feel very confident about taking both chambers of the House. We feel good about it, but I'm still kind of walking away a little iffy. But when I tune in Saturday Night Live on a Saturday night, and they're saying it, now I'm sold, man. Uh, we are eight days away from the election. Do you know where you are on things? We'll look at some of these other uh, ballot measures, specifically that we're voting on here in Missouri. Obviously, we know about Amendment 3. It's got a lot of folks discombobulated uh, because of the other stuff in there. And you have people like Epen Thampy is somebody we've worked with uh, over the years. Been on the show from uh, from time to time. He does a lot of work in trying to legalize marijuana. He's all about having legalized recreational marijuana. He's against this amendment. I think that's interesting. Dan Veets, local marijuana activist for a lot of years, also been on the show a lot of times. Uh, he's, he's in agreement. He wants Amendment 3. There's enough stuff. And here's where I am with him. Like, you know, I'll, I don't use weed. Do I, do I really care who gets what licenses and stuff? Or do I say, hey, you know what? If we're going to do legalized marijuana, let's do it right. And there is a lot of sentiment. This is not the right way to do it. I wouldn't. Do you feel like it'll pass? Yeah. I See? feel like it's going to pass. <laughs> yeah. I'm voting yes. Uh, and that's the response you get a lot. It's like silent. I'm not sure yet. And then ultimately, I'm like, I don't, I don't use weed. Why should I care? You well, know you I know, mean? we were involved in the litigation on yeah. behalf of the proponents, um, so I can't say a whole lot, but I am voting yes. That I, you can say. I can say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's tons of stuff out there. I mean, the show with Dan and Epen is really good. Um, they had a proponent and opponent on, uh, I think, two weeks ago on This Week in Missouri Politics. I mean, there's tons of uh, good feedback from both sides. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like it's going to pass. And this is really strange for me because... Typically, um, and I think Missourians are in the same place that I am, and people have tried this in the past to run just a straight no campaign. They're like, vote no on everything. Um, and, and it's kind of worked in the past, and people are like, it, ballot measure is bad. No, 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 no. And it is really hard to get a yes because people are just mostly inclined to say, I don't want to amend the Constitution or I don't want to, I, I want the status quo. Um, but I think I might be voting yes on everything. <laughs> this cycle, it's crazy um, for me. But yeah, I think I'm a yes. So the other ones that are out there, when we look at the amendments, number five, that's the National Guard. That's an easy yes, I, I think, think, for so. most people. Yeah. That basically says the National Guard, uh, they would have a little bit more autonomy. They wouldn't have to go through several layers of, uh, of leadership to do what, uh, to do what they want to do. Uh, and then Amendment 1, have you heard about this? Probably not, because it's not real sexy, man. And it's things like this that we probably should be paying attention to. Basically, it says state treasurer can invest in higher yield bonds or more riskier bonds or something. There was litigation over that. So, yeah, I've heard of it <laughs> as well. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it um, expands the ways in which the treasurer uh, can invest money. And, in, in, yeah, he can invest in municipal bonds. Um, and so, yeah, you haven't heard a lot about that. That's one that was, I think, referred by the legislature. Um, and, uh, but I think, you know, we'll see. That's the one we heard the teacher groups had a problem with yes. last week. Yes, that's right. But it hasn't had really any organized opposition as, as far as I'm aware. 
Kansas City Police Funding Amendment 4. Yes, vote gives the Missouri, according to the ballot language. Who writes the, who writes, who, who writes the, the ballot? Is that Jay, is Jay Ashcroft in there? Well, since I'm the <laughs> Secretary of State, this is how I'm writing the ballot language on this It one. depends. A lot of times, um, there are certain provisions that allow the legislature to write it if they're referring it, but if they don't, typically it defaults to him. Um, and yeah, if you're an initiative proponent, you turn it in, um, the secretary writes it. And that's really where you see a lot of the litigation or you used to see a lot of the litigation was, you know, I'm either unhappy because you wrote it in a way that I think, uh, you know, will convince people not to sign it or on the other people. And I think you wrote it to say like puppies and rainbows and <laughs> that's not what it's about. And so I'm going to go fight you on that as well. Um, you know, a famous line from one of the cases that we always use is, you know, if you handed 10 different lawyers the pen, uh, you'd get 10 different uh, summaries of the ballot. Um, not not that any of them, you know, they could all uh, be because the they could all be legal. Right. Um, but uh but anyway, so yeah, you might get some different descriptions, but they're ultimately they're supposed to be fair. Here's one I think we should all, without fail. By the way, I want to welcome cousin Andy into the show, Andy Humphrey. Hi. In, in for Brian Hollingsworth, he does an afternoon show, uh, and I get real I get real leery about promoting other shows here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. I'm just weird that way, even though it's all in the family. But I never hesitate to talk about Andy Humphrey's afternoon show on our sister station KTGR local sports manager and it's not just sports it's other stuff it's a very good show uh andy is in for brian houseworth this morning we are glad to have you here well thank you should we be impressed by mizzou's win uh producer hannah is here good morning there's mr john marsh good morning stephanie bell hanging out to my left this morning good morning my name is brandon rather you know the one thing uh, and I do have, I have my sample, uh, my official sample ballot. The one thing that, like, everybody should positively, absolutely vote yes on, because we haven't said, we haven't said yes to it in years. Like, just as a joke. Not as a joke, but I'm going to vote yes, because it's like a protest vote. But to see what would happen, all these people the next day would, holy cow, they passed that. Here's the question. Constitutional convention. Shall there be a convention to revise and amend the Constitution? Everybody's going to vote no, right? I'm not quite sure what it means, but I, I'll just vote no. So that's the rule. Uh, you vote no on amendments and no if you didn't do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a strange provision. And, you know, you have to think about, you know, what were the framers thinking when they were writing the Constitution in the early 60s and thinking, you know, is there a time where we just want to throw the whole thing out the window? And so in the Constitution, it says at the and this is really weird because it's not in a general. It says that, well, it is the general, but a general election on the first Tuesday following the first Monday in November 1962 and every 20 years thereafter. So so you would think that we would vote like in 2020, but no, it's 2022. And then we won't vote again until 2042. Um, and so it's it's wild. But there's as a conservative, I would caution folks to go read uh, Article 12, Section 3A, because the way in which we select the delegates um, basically uh, would give us a not the advantage that we deserve currently. Can you bottom line it for us what it says? Uh, you get like 15 delegates at large and then each senatorial district, which we have 34, I think each party gets to nominate one person and then there's a vote. So it's very lengthy, but ultimately I think Democrats would be overrepresented um, at the Constitutional Convention compared to what, like, what they currently enjoy, if that makes sense. So I would be ner nervous. Although the idea of scrapping the Constitution 
is something I rather think is a good idea. So eight days from now when you go to the polls, <laughs> shall there be a convention to revise and amend the Constitution? That's a hard yes. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, Saturday, So Saturday Night Live seems to be on board. Yes, uh, Republicans. The Republicans will take control of both chambers in the House. If Saturday Night Live is on board, I'm on board. More from us, which was actually pretty decent Saturday night. Don't get to watch it all the time. I at least like to watch Weekend Update with our opening segment uh, featuring Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, and uh, Carrie Lake. From, uh, from Arizona. It's a pretty good uh, episode of Saturday Night Live. Mr. Walker, you're now within three points of Senator Raphael Warnock. Why is your support growing? Uh, and that's where I don't know. Uh, see, <laughs> the whole world is a mystery, ain't it? For, for example, uh, a thermos, it keeps the hot things hot, but also the cold things cold. And my question is, how do it decide? So we're going to be looking into that very much. Whatever your politics. <laughs> People get mad at me all the time. When Alec Baldwin was doing the Trump impersonations, that was brilliant work. And I would play and people would get mad. Why are you making fun of Trump? I'm not. I'm just playing some comedy, man, from Alec Baldwin, who did a really, really good Trump, I thought. Which, by the way, Herschel Walker is, like, up in all of the yep. polls. Like, crazy. Like, he has not been consistently up in, you know... At any point, and now he's suddenly surging, and and I think a good point is, you know, you don't really know about the polls, whether they're going to be right on, but they do show momentum and direction, and so the fact that he is now leading is a good sign for him. That's why we, we one of the things we say here on the show a lot: polls for what they are worth. Because I think the easiest example is we can look at the presidential polls, even the, the day of the election, twenty sixteen, and how those are uh, up. Those polling numbers did not pan out. And hopefully, you know, we can do away with all the nastiness in politics. I think right now Republicans can win just simply by presenting facts. You don't have to criticize the other guy. You say, here's the facts, and the facts are this. Gas prices, groceries, rent, heating, fuel, everything is uh, is up. And, of course, over the past couple of days, we saw that uh, divisive. Do you say divisiveness or divisiveness? All of a sudden, I've been hearing... Divisiveness? I say divisiveness. That's what I say, and all of a sudden, I hear people on the TV all of a sudden saying divisiveness. I'm like, Marsh, did you get the, the, the memo that all of a sudden we're changing the enunciation of the word? Yeah, you know, we put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> so we could do away with all of the divisiveness in politics, and obviously... Uh, man, we just saw this a couple of days ago, and it's stuff like this that breaks my heart. This is in uh, Florida. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to raise some money tonight for the great state of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Governor Ron DeSantis. That's your boy, Luke Bryan, Steph. I know. I was That was awesome. I was glad to see it. Luke Bryan, uh, country superstar, doing a concert in Florida. Brings the governor there, Ron DeSantis. Brings him on the stage. Now I hear him say, we're going to have some fun, and we're going er, to make some money for charity tonight. So Luke Bryan, country superstar, brings Ron DeSantis up on stage. A lot of people on Twitter freak out. Luke, I can't believe you did that. Ron DeSantis is less than human, and you endorse him. Uh, and Luke, and he even said this in his story, he said, listen, I usually don't respond to idiots like you. I don't think those, that was his exact wording, but it was something like that. So I don't respond to this stuff. He says, my goodness, when you have a, a, an elected servant that says, hey, can I come on stage so we can help raise money for a charity, that charity being the hurricane? 
uh, that recently hit Florida. You get up and you help victims of hurricane. Blows me away. Coming up, we are going to be doing the uh, daily D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. Going to find out what's happening underneath the circus tent in Washington, D.C. So there were a lot of women that supported this bill. I understand people differ greatly on it. It's Georgia Governor Brian Kemp debate last night with challenger. Uh, Stacey Abrams, and that's getting us into today's Daily D.C. Rundown with Stephanie Bell. So, of course, Abrams tried to pigeonhole Kemp into agree, you know, into some sort of cate- categorical denial that he wouldn't change the status quo on abortion. Kemp said, it's not my desire to move the needle any further. And she made she said, let's be clear, he didn't say he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and so abortion, a hot topic there in Georgia uh, last night. Um, also a hot topic was voting rights, but I'm I'm wondering if they focus more on abortion and Stacey Abrams wanted to fo- focus more on abortion because what we know from the data coming out of Georgia is that more people than ever have voted in early voting and that voting numbers are way up. Jim Crow 2.0, voter suppression, people won't be co- record turnout already in Georgia. People are also um, comparing the campaign strategies of various candidates um, as Republicans make a surge trying to explain uh, what's going on. And up in Michigan, um, Tudor Dixon has uh, is is on the TV, is doing a bus tour, is all out there. And Whitmer was kind of in the background just saying, you know, in the lead, but just, you know, if I just don't mess up, maybe I can hang tight. Um, and that race is, is getting very close. Um, and people are saying it's her it's her TV appearances and her, her bus tour and everything else that's that's propelling her forward and so now you know is it too late for whitmer uh to do the same thing um and i think uh dixon told the ap you know i think our momentum's in the right direction and coming at just the perfect time and yeah there's that thing in campaigns that you don't want to peak too early but at the same time because most states have early voting you also can't you know can't get in the race too late right so uh, there's a lot to be said. You want to peak at the right time. You want, you know, at the right time. I, mean, I was just thinking you were talking about on Missouri amendments, your strategy is on all the amendments, just vote yes all the way down. Maybe people could say the same uh, on ballots for offices. Really, just vote R all the way down because it's the economy. Don't care about the office or the candidate. R's. It's the economy. It's inflation. It's your bank account. It is. Uh, today, though, on uh, the Supreme Court might take front and center stage here right before the election. Um, future of affirmative action in higher education. Uh, so we heard just, was it last week that we heard that John Marsh didn't get into the CIA because he's white? Yep. I think hey, that's that, what we heard from him. Yeah, that's what you, that was your story, right? We got it right. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Well, the two universities at issue here are the University of North Carolina and Harvard. Um, there's a long-held precedent that allows race to be a factor in college admissions. That case is on the table. Um, of course... The court is much different today than it was even six years ago when the court last looked at this. Um, Lower courts actually upheld the admissions programs at UNC and North Carolina. Um, But now folks are saying, look, you know, it just it needs to go away. Race should not be a factor in college admissions and saying that the colleges and universities can use other factors um, to get a diverse student body. That includes like socioeconomic status. And they said also, if you eliminate like the alumni preference, that could, um, you know, seek to give you a more diverse student body um other schools say well if we eliminate it completely or the other side says if we eliminate it completely you're not going to get a, a student body that looks like america by the way we should cover that uh, some more let's do that at six thirty-five. affirmative action and who who does affirmative action help the most according concept of halloween when you're a kid your brain can't even process the information you can, you're like 
What, what is this? What did you say? So what did you say about giving out candy? Who was giving out candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy? Are you kidding me? When is this happening? Where? Why? Take me with you. I, I gotta be a part of this. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. Jerry Seinfeld, the Halloween today. Chance of uh, drizzle before 10 a.m. Otherwise, partly sunny. And then by trick-or-treating time, temps ride about 60 degrees. Uh, no rain. And it was funny because I remember as a kid, one of the considerations you had to have because the weather, no matter what part of the country that you live in, the weather on October 31st, snow, it could be cold or it could be really warm. And you had to figure out your costume it was weather dependent. I was going to say, there's nothing worse than your mom making you wear your like big winter coat underneath your Halloween costume. That was always the worst as a kid. Oh, we have photos of my kids, like hat, gloves, scarves, just frozen. I think it was what, two or three years ago, and it was miserable. But is there anything worse than being in a costume and just being sweaty? Like the year that I went as the lion from the Wizard of Oz and it was like 97 degrees come trick-or-treat time. This when we were in Northern California, Peel well, Air Force Base. Yeah, and now one of our traditions is the Southern Boone Y has a 5K so I'm always thinking like, okay, can I run a 5K? And by run I mean walk uh, a 5K <laughs> in my Halloween costume. Stephanie actually has her Halloween costume on this morning. I do. Yeah, it's a flight suit. Oh, looks good. Thanks. I wait to the danger zone. But these were all considerations because I can move freely in it, so I can do the 5K, but you could also, like, layer thermal underneath if you need to. <laughs> so, yes, I I have learned my lesson. Good work, Goose. I asked her this uh, morning where her Joe Biden aviators were. I have some at home, but he's ruined them for me. <laughs> Man, Joe Biden is <laughs> ruining a lot of stuff. So over the weekend, here's one of the things uh, he said. Remember January, the tragic events, January 20th, 2021. Remember that word he kept repeating that day? Unity. 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 We need to come together. Remember last time around with that other fellow, we kept hearing about infrastructure week. Uh, so more opportunities to take digs at the other guy. That's not unity, man. Marsh, you remember what your last Halloween costume was that you ever wore? Wow, that's a good mm -hmm. one. Uh, yeah, I was Gary Pinkle. No. Yeah. For had, real, former Mizzou head football I, coach. I had the Mizzou gear and the and the talkback headset. No, so that was it. Very one nice. of our, our Zimmer Halloween fests. By the way, you can see uh, you can see Stephanie Pell in her uh, Top Gun flight suit. By watching the show, you can go to our YouTube channel. Uh, which is uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. So big uh, couple of cases today in front of SCOTUS, and this has to do, uh, it's ha it has to do with college uh, ad admissions. It does. So, and it involves two separate universities. The cases were consolidated, one Harvard um, and one University of North Carolina. And um, there's been a long precedent where the court has affirmed that universities can use race as not the deciding factor, but a factor uh, in, in admissions. Um, and it's interesting because it's not just, you know, white, a white versus black issue in Harvard. The issue is, um, the studies and the data show that Asian Americans have been underrepresented and by the admissions policy, um, that there are Asian Americans that aren't getting into Harvard that otherwise would. Um, and so the court, um, the lower courts both affirmed the admission, said the admissions policies were okay. Um, the cases are now up before the Supreme Court. They will be argued, uh, today. Um, and of course, um, those challenging 
The college admissions say the Constitution forbids the use of race in college admissions um, and that there are other things that race neutral uh, factors that universities could use to get a diverse student body, um, including getting rid of or, or socioeconomic status might give you a, a diverse student body. And then also um, alumni preferences. So if your dad went there, usually you get in or whatever your mom went there. Um, but then other folks are saying, look, we need a diverse student body. And the only way to get there is to include the race factor. And I wonder when they say diverse, do they mean diverse by we got to have 50% women, 50% dudes, or we got to have 18% black students. We got to have 12% Asian students. I mean, what do they mean? The diversity should it ref for example, we go to Columbia, US Census Bureau indicates I think roughly 16% of the population is black in Columbia. Does that mean like the uh uh city council? It's got to be 16% black and 1% Asian and the, I mean, should everything be diverse? How about this idea for diversity in college? Instead of going on test scores, like, let in really dumb people. <laughs> There's diversity. That would work. You know, I do go, you know, I, I think ultimately the Supreme Court is going gonna, is gonna to get rid of affirmative action in higher education. I think that they're going to go that way. I, but I, I, I have some sensitivity, especially in institutions of higher education, because... Um, I think you're you're trying to learn. You're at a formidable time in your in your upbringing, um, and definitely you know international students, students of different socioeconomic status, students of different race. I mean, they bring to the conversation something different, right, than you. And I think you know you do yourself a disservice if you go to a university of people who all lived an identical life to you, and then you go into the workplace where it probably is not going to be that. And we saw, I, I saw that a little bit at university, you know, kids coming from a high school where there wasn't much diversity and then going to a university and kind of having a bit of culture shock. Oh my gosh, not everyone thinks the same way I do and not everyone looks the same way I do. And, you know, we want to prepare people for the real world. I do think there are different ways like the proponents or the um, challengers in this case have identified. But I think diversity on a number of levels is important in higher ed. Um, but whether or not we get there from race or from, you know, other factors, I think, is the question. But and do we have the government say, well, it's going. But then I guess the bigger question, who who's saying what is diverse? Is it based on, you know, the number of people that wear glasses? I mean, you can just create all kinds of different subcategories. I'm not trying to uh, belittle why they do these programs, but it's. For example, you could take like the mathematics of the City Council of Columbia, for example, say, well, it's just not diverse enough because or it's over diverse. I just uh, John, you know about diversity. You tried getting into a career and you 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 didn't have the right skin color. Yeah, you know, it might be oversimplifying, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was little literally a 60 second interview or something in college. I've talked about that before. And the CIA interviewer came around and indicated I wasn't what he was looking for, which, you know, wasn't the first time I'd heard that, I guess. Well, and I remember, I mean, I remember when I first, I think, moved back to Jefferson City, there was a time period where they had 10 city council people and there were no women, not none, not one. And I'm like, who, you know, you know, typically that stuff doesn't bother me, but not one. I'm thinking, what is going on? But the solution there was to find some folks in the community, some women who could, who were qualified and interested in running and encourage them to go ahead and run. And, you know, now it's, it's more diverse, but I don't know that it really matters, but it does seem weird. It seemed weird to me when I got there and I was like, there are no 
like mothers, family, you know, people raising families. I mean, it, there were dads, I'm assuming, but it felt weird. Uh, and you can look at the Columbia City Council. You have Betsy Peters, Mayor Barbara Buffalo, Pat Fowler, Andrea Wainer. So four of the seven city council members in the city of Columbia uh, are, uh, are female. Tiffany Cross, here's what MSNBC, here's who uh, affirmative action helps the most, according to Tiffany uh, Cross at MSNBC. And the biggest ben beneficiary of affirmative action, white women. I don't understand her thinking there. White women benefit the most from affirmative action. Off the text, 874-9390, Brad brings home a really good point. Colleges sure don't seem to be looking for diversity in thought. Uh... That's Nathan Brad. How about political diversity? Political diversity in the universities. Gordon, I want the most qualified. Uh, don't care uh, about the uh, about the color. Any inclination to like how the Supreme Court might rule on this? People are saying that because of the makeup of the court. I mean, the 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 court watchers are saying they're yeah. stereotyping. They're thinking well, and I think on the heels of Dobbs, because what people are saying is, you know, there's this case that's been around forever. Um, they've looked at this before, but you know, and, and so there's you know some preference for, you know, well, there's a, a strong preference for going with precedent um, and stare decisis and all of that. But they just overturn Roe, and so given I think Ro the the Dobbs decision, I think people are like, they're going to overturn this too. And then, and then the liberals go down. Well, then once we get rid of affirmative action in, you know, higher ed, it's going to be, you know, employment next and this next. And we're just, you know, and down, down the rabbit hole we go. It's like you're creating slots in a nice, in, in a popsicle tray. You're going to have one of this color and one of that color. And if you have 87 slots, you got to have, it's got, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be just Right. Coming up 725-ish, we're going to be doing What's Hot with Hannah. 825 Morning Bell, and I love the Morning Bell because it's business news, and it's always Stephanie Bell's got this little, just a, a twist to it. And by the way, these stories are not easy to find. I will, I will say that because every time Stephanie's gone and I'm trying to find a Morning Bell, I'm like, how the heck does she do this, man? I can't, I can't find this stuff. Eight days in front of the election. Yesterday, this is CNN. Uh, Dana Bash talking to Republican Senator Rick Scott. So which battleground states do you think Republicans will win on Election Day? How many Senate seats will the GOP control next year? How many seats do you think they'll have? How did he answer the question? Uh, we're going to cover that. How did he answer the question eight days away from the election? We're going to get 52 plus. Uh, Herschel Walker will win in Georgia. We're going to keep all 21 of ours. Um, Oz is going to win against Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Uh, Adam Laxall will win in Nevada, but I think we have every reason to believe we can pick up with Blake Master in Arizona with Don Boldenk. I'll be going to uh, North Carolina, um, New Hampshire today. Um, I think Don Boldenk has every reason to believe he's going to win. But we've got shots in with Tiffany Smiley in Washington, Joe Day in Colorado, Leo Levy in Connecticut. And even in uh, the Northwest, there's some races like in Oregon and Washington that are like, holy cow. And I don't know if you've ever been through Oregon or Washington or you just know by watching the news how incredibly far left progressive. Remember all of that violence from a couple of years ago from the far left, all that left, where they were taking over police stations in town squares. That was Washington and Oregon, places like that Republicans have some chances of winning. So Rick Scott, former governor of Florida, current U.S. Senator, Senator representing the state of Florida, he says uh, 52 in the Senate. Do you like that? Should he? And of course, he's a Republican. He's supposed to say good things. He's not going to come on there and say, man, we're screwed. 
Uh, but I think that's reasonable. 52? I've heard some people saying 53. 53, 54, uh, maybe. I've not heard 54. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's almost like the conversations, man, we'd love to have 60. How about 60, 40? Um, we also heard that when it came to congressional seats in Missouri, didn't we want it? We want seven, one, seven, one. And we knew it wasn't, uh, it wasn't possible because there's something called, uh, reality. So that's what's happening there. And then looking at the latest polls, and we look at some of our races, Eric Schmidt seems that's still, I mean, nothing changed there. You look at the latest poll numbers, Mark Alford. I don't know that there's actually been any official polling on that, but that uh, should be an easy one. Sam Bushman, Dave Griffith, uh, Blaine Lutgemeyer, uh, just none of these, when we look uh, on a federal level, none of these that really should give, give Republicans anything to be to be scared about um do we need this do you feel like we're being silly every time we say now don't forget be careful tonight because kids are going to be trick-or-treating you ever feel like you're being silly like i know we say this we say it every year and we say the same things over and over um but you feel like you have to you feel silly i don't feel silly saying i mean there's just it's just a good reminder i mean not everyone halloween is not a big deal for everybody yeah and so not that you would necessarily forget but generally what are all these people out here doing in costumes going doing begging from door to door well i had to wonder on saturday morning running a 5k through a neighborhood like in weird costumes like the people who were like what is going on (laughs) can you just imagine sitting down with your morning coffee and looking out your window and seeing a pumpkin and a tiger Run by your like run run down your street. Bunch of zombies chasing a Santa Claus or something. Yeah, just right through the middle of neighborhoods, and I'm like, some people are very confused this morning. But tonight, no, I mean it's important. There's going to be tons of kids, and kids are so excited that you know they're not that they're misbehaving, but nor you know the normal, you know, oh look both ways. They're like, I see that house has full size candy bars. (laughs) I'm there. There's a line at that house. That must be a good one. And they can't see so well in in the, the mask. And then uh, if you have those parents that are, uh, you know, super safety conscious and they make you, because that's the other thing, when it's really cold, you got to put your winter coat on and then put on your Halloween costume over that. The other thing that's about almost just as bad is when your parents make you put reflective stripes on your Superman costume. Come on, man. Superman didn't have reflective stripes on his on his cape. Well, and I wonder too, of course, I'm not a parent, but there's always that Facebook post that circulates every year. It's like, check your kid's candy for drugs, right? But with the whole fentanyl thing being really bad right now, is that more of a concern this year? And, you know, in previous years, I just roll my eyes to that Facebook post and move on, but I wonder if it's more of a concern this year for parents. Uh, I don't know, because this stuff, this was happening even when, like when Marsh and I were kids. Uh, remember, it was, it, it's was it been going on for, for years. Whenever you get home with your candy, make sure mom and dad, uh, they go through your candy. Make sure they test everything. And it used to be, even back in the day, you had, you had hospitals, John, that would, hey, bring your candy here. We'll x-ray it for you. They did. And it was, uh, you know, it was, I think they did it because they were expected to do it because the guy up the street was doing it as well. And I don't think anything ever really came of it. But, yeah, kind of a, kind of a good PR thing on a... On a Halloween night, you wonder how many people actually went by and did that. Uh, and Halloween, it's like the first day of school for kids because kids on the first day of school, they like lose their minds. They're out of it, right? Because they're just excited, back at school, new clothes. 
And it's like Halloween. It's free candy door to door, and they get to pretend they're something that they're not. Uh, they lose their mind. So just, you know, be a little bit extra careful if you're driving through neighborhoods tonight during Halloween. Marissa on our live video feed on the Facebook page says that it is more of a concern for her this year as a parent. Really? With yeah. the drugs and in, in the fentanyl? Mm-hmm. Huh. Something to think about. Uh, we were talking Friday. There's never been, I don't think any doc-